favorite. So tell you one I of think. my favorite scenes. Yeah, go ahead. It's just something that made me burst out laughing. Mm. The brother, he's going to the people that kind of squadron, armed with Zamzam tanks that uh-huh. are there to give water. All these kind of cool yeah. gadgets to give water to the yeah. the pilgrims, and I just thought they look like. The Ghostbusters oh or something. Oh my god, I thought exactly the same. <laughs> I was just I thinking, can tell you're a film fan. Yeah, I can tell you're a film fan. Hey, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome to today's episode of Islam Tony and C Unscripted Podcast. We have a special guest today. We have Abrar Hussain, who's a producer, director, filmmaker. Mashallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Now, I've been following Abrar Hussain's work. Mashallah, you have a... Um, you, you, you've been at Islam Channel in the past, but recently you've been uh, recording some big budget kind of um, uh, films about Masjid al-Aqsa and uh, Masjid al-Haram uh, in Mecca. Uh, it's available on Amazon Prime Video, mm. uh, the Masjid al-Haram one, and you've been um, doing screenings around the country for uh, the Masjid al-Aqsa one. So just wanted to, you know, get a bit, bit to know you, maybe see a few clips uh, yeah. during today's uh, episode, inshallah. Um, who are you and how did you get involved in uh, in this business? Um, well, I'm Abra Hussain, like <laughs> you said. Um, I'm a, a producer, director from London. Um, I guess um, I was kind of always involved in filming. Uh, I used to love the camera when I was growing up, so... Mm-hmm. My favorite toy was the camera. When I was ten years old, I was running around filming everything in, yeah. the, in the in the you know the family functions <laughs> and stuff. Uh, at ten years old, I was doing that. Uh, as I progressed through university, I was filming everything at university. My university, Kingston University, actually paid me for one of the things that I filmed there for oh, them. Okay. Yes, that yeah. was my first kind of paid production job. And then, alhamdulillah, you know, as I got older, it was a real natural process just to keep picking mm. up bigger and bigger camera systems. And uh, yeah. they, they were very intuitive to me. And, um, you know, the camera was just a really natural, uh, just a natural tool for me. It was like mm. very much something that I was in love with. And I just loved the camera and loved shooting things. And, and that was even before I knew what a producer or a director was, yeah. uh, you know, what their relationship to each other was. You know, it was mm. just literally, I just loved the camera. What about kind of um, editing and um, that yeah, kind of stuff? Yeah, we did editing at that time as well yeah. uh, from the camera. Everyone would shoot on mini DV tapes in those days, uh, transfer the mini DV tape to your laptop, yeah. you know, edit it on, on some, uh, you know, toy software, uh, <laughs> basically. And then, uh, but again, with the editing, everything progressed. I think I was very fortunate that I started off in a very low-budget environment. Mm. When you start off in a low-budget environment when it comes to producing, directing, filmmaking, um, you learn how to do everything. Yeah, so so, yeah. so from an early age, I, I learned how to shoot, I learned how to edit, mm. I learned how to put a story together, I learned how to interview people, I learned all of these things. And it was all very mm. natural for me. It didn't feel like I was learning. Mm. It felt like, uh, you know... Even I myself, just, I mean, yeah. I, I really enjoyed um, making films and, and just, like you said, just family yeah. functions and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I remember my year ten work experience was at National Geographic Channel. Oh, nice! And that was my first exposure to kind of uh, non-linear editing suite, mm-hmm. and it just blew my mind because yeah. before I just tried to, you know, make whatever I could on basic kind of. I think the first computer I got was like nineteen ninety-eight or something, uh-huh. and very very weak, not not able to do much. But it was really, you know, uh, that process of discovery and so much fun. And now that kind of power is in everyone's pockets. You know, yeah. you have. You have uh, anyone can make a short film on yeah, the absolutely. iPhone, iPhone um, yeah. edit it on iMovie, yeah. and then just uh, kind of. Uh, That's it. the The world is the filmmaker's oyster yeah. right now. Yeah. Everyone can do anything. Um, do you think maybe some of the the, 
I don't know the 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 sacredness has been taken away from the process. I I, I don't like that view. I, I mean, you yeah. know when um when the red camera first came out, yeah. that was like a big milestone for filmmakers all around the world. Because when red came out, and suddenly with that quality on a digital format, and suddenly mm. all these guys that had been shooting on thirty five millimeter millimeter film for ages and taking it to the lab and processing these yeah. things and learning this filmmaking process, <laughs> suddenly all that knowledge went out the window. Yeah. And I spoke to a lot of older kind of filmmakers, producers who were very, very disheartened Anti, by this yeah. and were very like, who do these kids think they are picking up cameras? <laughs> and it took us years to learn these skills. I mean, some people but, uh, still... Oh, well, I love that. Yeah. Though. I love that. I, I, for me, that was a door opener for me. Yeah. So how could I How could I not like it? Um, you know, it, it cut a lot of the... the it the, reduced the barrier to entry. Exactly, yeah. reduced the barrier like to entry. Things, and, yeah. You know, if you had a potential and you had a good eye for a shot and you mm. had a good uh, a good eye for a story then you know sky was the limit for you and i think yeah. now it's even better you know as you say people are shooting movies on on iphones now I mean, so, now people you know. can shoot entire movies without a camera <laughs> everything just uh you know a computer generated yeah. image and yeah, animation very true. And everything very you know? true yeah so uh talk us talk to us about your your career in, in the kind of because before the 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 latest two films you you actually um, did a series for Islam Channel, right? About yeah. mosques, yeah. model mosques. I mean, that was, you know, it's funny because I always think it's all part of a longer journey, like mm. a wider journey. You know, when I started my, my producing career, like I say, I had a concept for a show called Model Mosque, which was about finding yeah. the best mosque in the UK. It was like a reality type TV show. Mm. Um, and I took this concept to many places many places and they all rejected it yeah. i mean it was rejection after rejection. no one believed it was possible i think mostly the feedback i got was that the mosque will never open their doors like this you'll never be able mm -hmm. to go in there with cameras the way that you're saying you're going to go in there with cameras but alhamdulillah muhammad ali at islam channel he believed in the idea yeah. he believed uh, that i could pull it off and, and he was the first person to say okay let's give this a shot we made the show in 2007 and mm -hmm. it was my first show it's the first kind of product that I had made in mm. terms of professional uh, on a professional broadcast level that was going to get broadcasted out and alhamdulillah you know by will of a lie it, it happened to become the most successful show ever produced on Islam channel it was just Allah. tremendously successful you know uh, for the first time uh, you know this is in 2007 we had the BBC we had Channel yeah. 4 we had Newsnight <laughs> we were mentioned in Parliament you know mm. Jeremy Paxman was talking about wow. we were in the Guardian newspaper all these things happened it wasn't just the UK yeah. this was worldwide you know we had crews come from you know international countries like Germany, Holland. We had a crew come from mm. Saudi Arabia, which was so funny because I had no connection with Saudi at that yeah. time. But obviously 12 years later when I went to Saudi, I was like, Al Arabia, oh yeah, you're the channel that came to interview me in the UK about Model Mosque. Yeah. So, you know, it was really phenomenal. And, um, and that, that, That's the story of many creatives. Yeah. That, that rejection, rejection, rejection. Yeah, and then they, 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 they persevere and... Finally, you know, then yeah, the I think if you've got a life. vision, you can you can make something, yeah. and if you believe in it, you can make it. And, and you know, I believe that model mosque would have a tremendous impact mm. because you've got to remember the environment in two thousand seven. Mosques were under severe scrutiny. Yeah. Um, you know, people, uh, non-Muslims were basically of the opinion that man, what do these Muslims do in these mosques, yeah. man? Like, like, <laughs> what are they doing in there? No one knew. Making it was it was, it was shielded. It was like a, you know, there was a veil yeah. over it. So we yeah. endeavor to up, you know, uh, pun, in, to, pun intended. Yeah. Well, we we, we 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 plan to lift the veil and show yeah. people really the good work that Moss were doing and, and Model Moss became tremendously successful for that mm. reason because it was very very original as a concept yeah. the budget was zero budget there was zero budget but yeah wow. it still generated positive media reviews yeah. all over the world I mean there's a lot of hate in the in the community alhamdulillah I mean it just needs someone to shine a camera on the channel Absolutely. light on there yeah. and you have yeah. these amazing stories amazingly these positive amazing, stories yeah. yeah I mean one mm. of the really interesting things that happened with Model Moss the, the British government 
uh, they had a communities and cohesion department that yeah. was dealing with the mosques and they basically heard about the show they called me in i went to a meeting with them sat around a table with those guys you know what those guys said they said we have spent millions of dollars uh, pounds sorry on pr trying yeah. to spin a positive story about mosques like how have you done it because we generated so much positive media. The amount of positive media we generated would have cost like a million pounds just yeah. to put that, that media out, to buy editorials to put that media yeah, out. Yeah. So it was very, very positive, that show. And that show basically yeah. uh, gave me the confidence to start my own production company, yeah. the first production company. And alhamdulillah, everyone was my client. Yeah, alhamdulillah. I mean, was is it a coincidence or do you have a thing for mosques? Sorry. No, I have a thing the for mosques. Yeah, the, the model no, mosque. It was no coincidence. It, it was no coincidence. It's never yeah. been a coincidence. Where does that come from? Before I made model mosque, I was an elected treasurer of my local mosque. Oh, okay. okay, that's where the idea, because I was working in this mosque and I was thinking, wow, and I was seeing other interacting with other yeah. mosques and I was thinking, wow, there's a real disparity in the standards between different, different mosques. Wouldn't it be good to have a show that kind of put forward the best standards yeah. so that other mosques could, could emulate yeah. it? Yeah, as in a model, like a, a mm. perfect model for a mosque. Now, here's the funny thing. Um, when I finished that show, as I said, there was all this success, all these accolades came, all mm. these awards came, and I thought, wow, this is an end in itself. Like, I've, I've done something I'm here. Doing. You know, I felt, I felt like I'd done something. It was only 12 years later, shooting in the harem, and one day it just hit me. I was there in front of the car, but I think we're shooting uh, some slow-motion scene, and I thought, wow, model mosque. Alas, one dollar <laughs> gave me that permission to do that show about mosques in the UK as a preparation, as a training for this, what I'm making now, yeah. which is, uh, you know, the film on the biggest mosque, the greatest mosque of all, you know, the first yeah. mosque. So, alhamdulillah, you know, I really just see it all as part of one collective journey. Mm. I, I see that, you know, Allah opens uh, ways for you and it's, it's up to you if, you if you follow that through or if you go into a different direction. Yeah. But for me, I always felt in my career guided uh, by that, I always felt guided by Islam and it pretty much dictated the jobs that I would take in the, in the, in the coming years. Alhamdulillah. I mean, did you have a supportive kind of family and friends network or... Usually with young people going into creative kind yeah. of, the the parents are maybe uh, a bit apprehensive or you know. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, for me it was never an issue. I, I understand okay. this problem completely. Yeah. I know people are in that situation mm. who want to bust out and do something creative, but their their parents are like, hey man, is there really a career in that? Is there a future in that? You know, maybe you should just yeah. do IT or become a doctor. It's normal. Yeah. Um, but for me, I never had that. My parents were completely supportive from the start, and I think that was what made it easier for me. Mm. They never said to me, you can or can't do this. They never said to me, you have to do this. So, you know, and, and, and also the other factor mixed with that is that I was very headstrong. I'm still mm. very headstrong. You know, if I decide I want to do something, I want to do it. You know, so that's, that's just my personality. That's how Allah made me. So mm. I have that drive, and I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to tell me, hey, you have authority to do it, or, or hey, you have permission to do it. I don't need anyone's yeah. permission. Just, you know, Allah subhanahu wa and my own creativity, and, and that's it. I'm happy. Yeah, I don't need anything. Yeah. So, so, you, so you, because you were in a mosque before, you had that zeal to kind of showcase mosque. But where did that? How did that turn into okay an international thing? Okay, now I'm going to go to Masjid Al Aqsa or Masjid Al Haram. Well, you know. Um See, while I was, uh, as I say, Model Mosque was tremendously yeah. successful. We opened a production company. Mm. All the main Islamic um, Islamic institutions in the UK were clients of mine. Uh, I was working with everyone. So mm. all the major charities, for starters, I mean, Islamic Relief, Islamic Help, Muslim Aid, uh, all mm. these guys, uh, Human Appeal, you know, all these guys, Penny Appeal. I was doing jobs for them internationally. So I was going out with a small mm. crew, filming their projects and coming back, you know, creating the short films. And yeah. they would raise millions of pounds off this for the fundraising. So, mm. you know, that was a tremendous period because in that period we 
travel to like 35 or 40 different countries doing these wow. international shoots, right? So it was a beautiful time because I loved the work. You know, the mm. work was so beneficial. I was seeing things in other countries. I was going to hard to go to places like, you know, we went to Swarth Valley uh, for Action Aid International wow, when, the, when the Taliban had just left there. It was, it yeah. was, a, it was a war zone. Uh, you know, we went to place, Sudan yeah, when, the, when the famine was going on in mm. Sudan. You know, um, we, we went to uh, Palestinian refugee camps in mm. Lebanon. We went all over the world. And, you know, it was amazing because it was so humbling for me to see that. To see that made me so, so humble mm. and so, so grateful for what I had in the UK. And, and the, my opinion was that the majority of people in the UK didn't know how fortunate they were. Yeah. My, 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 my duty through the films was to show people this other side of the world where people are running around going, okay, I think at that time was, hey, everyone wants Nike trainers and Adidas trainers. It was like, hey, man, have you ever had trainers that you where you can't even afford you know shoelaces yeah. for those trainers have you ever mm. walked barefoot you know is to bring these realities uh, to the uk so i mm. felt like the work i was doing was very important creatively i was fulfilled and i felt mm. like i was helping you know uh, you know 30 uh, plus countries you went to uh, 40 around 40, 40, plus 40 plus well. countries yeah oh, and it's a period of five years yeah so we yeah. did a lot of traveling all the time now one of the jobs we got uh, was saudi arabia so mm. I literally when I'd go to these countries it was only for 7 to 10 days maximum we'd go mm. there shoot what we need to shoot and we'd get out of there you know um went to Saudi shot this film on a hospital and at that shoot I met an executive producer there mm. who wasn't an executive producer at the time he was a marketing guy but he wanted to be an executive producer he wanted mm. to set up a big production company and he said hey I really need a producer here in Saudi yeah. so he really wanted me to stay there. So he was like, please don't leave. Just don't go back to the UK. Stay here with us. Yeah. And so I was... It's um, called a kidnapping, I think. Well, yeah, he tried that. And I was like, I was very against it. I was like, no, no, no. You know, because I'm a very yeah, it sounds free, like a kidnapping. Yeah. I'm a free spirit. I'm a very creative yeah. person. I Blue sky thinking, you know, th this mm. is me. And I, I didn't believe that I could stay in a country that was so restricted yeah. in a way uh, with so many kind of uh, restrictions on your freedom. So I, mm. I expressed this to him and he said, no, no, it's completely different. Don't believe the hype. He goes, here, you'll be able to do... You know, he, he's sold Saudi to me yeah. basically so so I was liking Saudi anyway of course the haram is there yeah. Makkah Medina so I thought what well, is halal five is, guys is, as yeah. well well uh, halal everything <laughs> not just for halal five halal everything so yeah. um so uh, you know there were there were advantages to it but I turned around to him and I said look um I will stay in Saudi with you mm. but only on one condition that you get me permission to do something in the haram oh. and at that time I didn't know it was going to be one day in the haram I didn't mm. know it was going to be a feature length I didn't know any of this stuff all I had was a very good intention to do something great for yeah. the haram because I knew I had the skills to do something great for the haram um, so that's what I said to him he immediately bought into that he said alhamdulillah that's a fabulous idea I'd like to do yeah. something on the haram too let's let's do it I'll, I'll guarantee you if you stay here with me we'll make this happen so Excellent. we said alhamdulillah we said bismillah I came so back to the UK how long after that was well, the I, I, I came back to the UK after that, that seven day shoot um, and within three months i was living in saudi wow. he, did, he did the all the paperwork for me he did the agama the the everything that needed the medicals mm. all, all these things he did everything and literally i was just and you know how it felt to me i said this to people at the time yeah because mm. you see you have to understand that in in london i was i was like a producer who was punching above my weight i was yeah. a, a big fish in a very small pond there wasn't much going on with you know mm. i'd done everything that was to do islamically you know i'd worked mm. with all the biggest nishidites in the world all the sami users all these guys yeah. i'd have filmed all their concerts outlandish I mean, these guys. You, you don't have much left you got the charity exactly. scene you got the nishids and, and we and killed those mosques we'd literally then, destroyed yeah. those scenes there was yeah. nothing left for us creatively <laughs> to do in those scenes we, you know we were um, media partners on yeah. gpu we were media partners on Eid in the square we were yeah. media partners on islam expo we were media so you partners had that, every, you had that fire in your belly 
belly wanted to get something it more. wasn't even like i had a fire in my belly what i had was mm. emptiness yeah i oh, felt like yeah. i just wasn't stimulated anymore mm. in the uk i wasn't creatively nothing was 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 making me excited about it It was just going through the motions you know if someone says mm. well come to this event we're gonna we're gonna film this one and we'll pay you you know this amount of money come to the event we're going to the event and we're filming it's nothing new yeah. it's not as creative you're not fulfilled from that so i saw saudi as a big adventure and i said to uh i said to my close friends at that time you know what it felt like and this is honest what mm. it felt like it felt like a big hand had just come and just scooped me up from london and put me in front of the garba <laughs> that's how it felt because that's how it yeah. happened i had no idea i would be living in saudi and you know when i was first went to saudi and i'm, I'm living mm. in saudi walking down the street i would literally just have to say subhanallah look at what wow. allah does I'm living in Saudi Arabia. I'm right next to the Kaaba. I'm right in mm. Mecca. I'm in Medina. I'm in Jeddah. I'm in Riyadh. All these wonderful places that mm. I'd heard about. It was like an impossible dream come true. It was just unbelievable. I couldn't. I couldn't thank Allah enough. And that mm. was even before making one day in the Haram. Yeah. That came later. That just being in Saudi was a tremendous experience. So between for me. that, b- between the time you st- start, you moved to Saudi and you, you got the idea or the started production of one day in the Haram. How how long was that? I mean, I kind of didn't really have the idea for one day in the Haram until we got very serious about, you know, meeting the people who we needed to meet. And the first thing about shooting one day in the Haram was, you know, the permissions. And and the thing about the permissions was we didn't even know or no one seemed to know who to ask for the permissions like who yeah. do we approach so we started off promo- uh, you know approaching the the Hajj, the, the, the ministry of Hajj and Umrah mm. so we thought okay this is a good place to start so we went to those guys we pitched the idea for one day in the Haram they said wow this is fantastic you know mm. but we're not the guys you need to speak to you need to speak to this department so we'd go to that department yeah, then, yeah. so we must have spent like a good few months going around all these departments and building up a, a, a groundswell of support for this for this film yeah. um, and that's good because you did go to a lot of those different departments yeah. in the film so they were yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the, the the ministries were kind of different from the departments yeah. within the Haram, but mm. the ministries were kind of guys on top, mm. and they were based in Riyadh or offices oh, in Jeddah. Okay. You know, yeah. they're in different places. Um, but it was still good because, as I say, we mm. built up this support, and 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 you know, a, a kind of momentum started building with mm. the film. You know, um, but you know, it took eight months in all from wow. concept yeah. to getting the permissions mm. for the Haram. And during that time, I wrote six different treatments. Yeah. I mean, you know what treatment, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know what a treatment is, it's basically a blueprint of your production. Basically, mm. this is what's going to happen in the production. You know, some costs some production uh, kind of equipment that you're going to use and, and mm. what the overall result's going to be. When I wrote the first one, everyone liked it. Many, many people were like, this will be great. But mm. some one person, say, for example, didn't like it and then it would get vetoed it would be like okay well, no we can't make that film or, or yeah. you know so i wrote another one and they're like, oh no we we're, we're working on a project like this so it can't be this yeah. one so i wrote another one and another one and another one until i kept writing them uh, until basically i had one where everyone everyone yeah, thought it was a good a idea consensus everyone yeah. thought it was a good idea yeah so okay. that was very difficult Excellent. to achieve alhamdulillah we got there in the end and that was the film that eventually yeah. became one day in the Haram. okay let's watch uh let's watch a few yeah, clips sure. from it uh trailer I think uh, those people at home watching, they will we'll, we'll superimpose it onto the screen anyway, but you can uh, see it here, Bismillah. Imagine a place so sacred that God himself... So you took this yourself. Yeah. I was just going to say, I love those opening lines, yeah. imagine a place. You know, when, when, when yeah. Allah gave me these lines, uh-huh. when, I, when I first wrote them down on paper, I knew it was going to be amazing, uh-huh. you know. It's yeah. just 
those lines, it'll so, you know, imagine a place, you know. It's God chose himself. Yeah. The mountains. You know how I feel? I feel yeah. like God gave me it's everything fun, and I was yeah. just the tool, you know. That's how it feels when yeah. you're doing something like this. But these are some of the most iconic shots ever yeah. taken in Makkah. How did you, you get these shots? These were helicopter shots, yeah. Just from a helicopter, yeah. The big city shots were from yeah. helicopters. The, the closer shots were from were, were using drones. Mm. I love these time lapses. Uh, you know yeah. the, the gate of Makkah here. Um, I just love the time lapse. We did a whole series of time lapses. At the center of Makkah is the Haram. I mean, the Haram looks so uh -huh. beautiful at night. I'll tell you a funny story. And at the center yeah. of the Haram, you know about the, the helicopters. Yeah, we didn't have harnesses. This wow, so, there was no harnesses, yeah. So you thought is, I might die a shahid yeah. here. So I actually thought, yeah, I'm going to die here. Like yeah. you know, when they opened the door for the yeah, helicopter yeah. and I stepped out. But um, you know, it's amazing what Allah does. Like when I looked yeah. down and I saw what I was filming, history, I saw the Haram and Makkah, and yeah. I saw this Witness magnificent sight in front of me. All my fear just went. I was just completely calm without a harness hanging yeah. out the side of a helicopter. It was just beautiful. You it's know, Baladul Amin. It's the the safe this and is a drone secure. Actually, yeah. That, that was a drone oh. shot. I mean, we used a, we used a mixture of drone and, and the helicopters. We're very lucky with the helicopters. The Saudi Air Force actually donated wow. those helicopter Mashallah. flights around Makkah. Yeah, we spent yeah. eight hours flying around Makkah. Wow. Yeah, four amazing. flights of two hours each, and we filmed all that time. Wow. I didn't stop shooting. I was like to people, we're never going to get this opportunity again. Yeah. Do not sh do not stop shooting. <laughs> Carry on shooting, no matter what it yeah. is, even if it's just desert. I want it shot. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's very very you know nice quality production. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Mashallah something you don't normally see because normally a lot of the shots you get yeah. about the haram are kid people on their phones yeah. or someone quickly oh. doing a secret I mean, thing we didn't, we didn't see it at the time you see but one of the before. things that um, the, the head of the Riyas al-Haramain is the media department yeah. in the haram said yeah. they basically said well one day in the haram is now the standard it's the standard that we're all going to aspire to yeah. in terms of production in the Haram. Is, is, you yeah. know, it really set, set a new benchmark. So alhamdulillah. That's excellent. It's kind of pushing everyone's game up. It is, know? absolutely. Yeah. I think and that's yeah. part of the, the work as well. Mm. I've got um, I've got a little test here for you. Okay. Because you, uh, you sound like you've been to... You sound like you've been to... You before. It's okay. If you, if you fail miserably, we can cut it out. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. That's the beauty of editing, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've sound like you've been to a lot of masjids in your life. So I've got a few adhans from different oh, uh, a few cities. adhans from different yeah, cities. Yeah. Okay, Some different mosques. Yeah, I'm gonna. I've I've, I've loaded them up already. I'm gonna okay, test nice. you. So I'm not gonna start with haram. Uh -huh. That's gonna be obvious. So that's kind of yeah uh, excluded that one. So let's see if you can uh, guess this one. Bismillah. I have no idea. <laughs> I have zero idea. I'm not an expert on Azhar. Okay. I'm actually, yeah, I'm more of an expert on mosques, yeah, but, okay. but not on Azhar's. Yeah, but no, that sounded very nice. But I'm not yeah. sure which country that would be from. Yeah, I mean, it was Mahmoud's idea. It's a very nice idea, but then, but it depends on which other you get as well. But uh -huh. it, I, I think every, uh, I think city or country has its has its own style. It's, yeah, that was Masjid Nabawi, by the way. That was Masjid Nabawi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's do this one. could be anywhere I could say any number of countries this could be from yeah. say that again guess, guess. Okay, what would you what would you is, is that what um, I'll give you a hint it's yeah. somewhere you've been okay so it's either <laughs> it's either uh, Makkah or it's Alexa uh, but yeah. I think it might be Alexa yeah that is Alexa yeah. Hey. 
I mean, um, you know, one of the fascinating things when we did the section with Muazans in the Haram, and we also yeah. did a section with Muazans in Aksa yeah, as well yeah. in both okay. movies. But when we did the Haram one, when the cameras were off, yeah. the Muazan and the Muazan second, because you know, in the Haram, they never yeah. take a chance that the Azar might not happen on time. So there's yeah. the Muazan, and there's a backup Muazan, okay. and then there's the trainee Muazan. So there's Mashallah. three there for every every Azan. Um, and if the main guy fails or something goes wrong with his voice, one of the other two is anyway. When the cameras were down, we were waiting for the Azan to happen because we wanted to film it. So we're, we're just sitting yeah. there, we're chilling, we're having coffee and stuff, uh, Arabic coffee. Yeah. And the, the two Muazans are basically pitching different styles of Azans to each ah, other from around the okay, world. Yeah, and they're yeah. imitating styles from Syria. Oh, you should going, have recorded that. Oh my God, yeah. I did record it. I did wow. record it. But this is, because I said to, I saw it, what was happening. And you know, they were, it was so amazing. Yeah. It was like hearing two world-class opera singers or something, yeah, yeah. you know, challenging each other and, and feeding off each other yeah, and, and different battle. notes and things like, yeah, like an Azan <laughs> battle. I was like, this is amazing. I, yeah. I, I switched the camera on. I started filming it. They noticed I was filming it. Like, no, yeah, no, please yeah. don't use this in the film. Uh, so they, they actually said to me, don't use it. Yeah. So, so therefore I didn't use it. And why show me privately? Oh, it was very, it was beautiful amazing experience with these yeah. guys super talented you know super yeah. talented they have like voices. scales they call them maqamat. Right. scales so yeah. scales yeah, yeah. it's like musical scales yeah. but uh, obviously not using instruments but the 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 muazzin yeah. in alexa who has been the muazzin uh, has his family has been the the muazzins of alexa since the time of Salahuddin. Wow! So they have a line running, and it's the grandfather to the oh. father to the son mm. to the great grandson, on and on and on to the present day. Mm. The Muazzin that we interviewed, his son, he'd also just brought his son into Alexa, so it's carrying on mm. six hundred odd years that's been in their family. And you know, that Muazzin told us a tremendous amount of detail about what it takes to bring the Azan. He had a very unique style. His style of Azan is that his lips don't move. Wow. So, so we're filming, and it's, it's literally like you know. I was like, man, the audience are going to think this is dubbed. Yeah, they're going to think it's dubbed. Yeah, because literally his lips don't move. It was an amazing style. But I think the greatest uh, Muazzins in the world, they have their own mm. unique style. Even within a country, wow. it's still unique within that country. But I think yeah. hanging with the Muazzins, meeting the Muazzins, is one wow. of the the great uh, joys and benefits of making yeah, the films. Yeah. Okay, I've got one more here. Okay, I'm okay. not going to know it, but carry yeah. on. Mecca. Nope. No idea. Close. Medina. It's actually East London Mosque. <laughs> Close. <laughs> East London Mosque. Yeah. I knew he was going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. East London Mosque, not only that, it's, it's, they actually broadcast it publicly. So <laughs> apart from like Fajr and yeah. Isha, I think all the... But you uh, know, it's Adam so do. funny. Um, I know there's a great art amongst uh, Azans in different, especially Syria and, and Kuwait. Yeah. And these kind of, they have different, different styles, but... I've never really thought about it. That's actually a good mm. idea for a film, I think, you've just had there. Yeah, yeah. Just on the life of Mars. If you want, uh, if you want an executive uh, hey, come forward, executive man. producer. I always say you know, that the people I have the ideas <laughs> with, yeah, the, the people I have the ideas with, yeah. they're the ones who are blessed yeah, here. So, so let's do it together, yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've been blessed many times. Oh, well, let's do that, yeah. yeah. One for the future. <laughs> okay, one more left. One more. Uh, okay. This one sounds very different in style. Okay, no idea. Okay, so different country. If you want to different guess country. the country. Mm, where could it be? Not Middle East, I think. No. Nope. How about uh, somewhere like Pakistan? Mm, no. Should I play it once again? No. You want to guess? Yep. Last guess. India? It's Turkey. Turkey, nice. Not only that. Yeah. That is actually the Turkish president himself. Oh, is it? Is Rajab that right? Tayyip Erdogan. Oh, wow. Yeah, if you're listening. 
that's, that's his Adhan according yeah. to this YouTube video I just stole it from. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like him, but he's uh, he's known for doing that kind of okay, stuff. Okay, very cool. But uh, yeah, alhamdulillah. So are you, are you think of going to Turkey anytime soon? We are going to Turkey sometime someday. soon. We One Day in the Haram was broadcast yeah. on national TV in Turkey, so we wow, have a fan base wonderful. there. Yeah, so inshallah we will take mm. one day in Alexa, uh, one night in Alexa to Turkey as well. Are you going to maybe do a film about Turkey? I mean, Turkey and mosques is a like a mind-blowing thing. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. You know, I think uh, Turkey's got such a rich heritage yeah. uh, of mosques. You know, I've been to Turkey many times. I've I've stayed in the Blue Mosque for, for days on yeah, end, just marveling yeah. at that place. And the, yeah. you know, um, uh, even when I was uh, uh, not just there on holiday, basically yeah. just 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 exploring Turkey, I would take footage yeah. of of the Blue Mosque because I found it so fascinating. I would love to get a drone up yeah. around the Blue Mosque. And know, even the, even the, the yeah. just the, the historical significance of, of the course. Adhan there because it's you know there was a period where it was banned in Arabic, uh-huh. and then just listening to it uh, in the streets and ostensibly a kind of European. Uh, kind of street and hearing the adhan in this massive mm-hmm. mosque it just brings a tear to the eyes man. oh absolutely yeah, absolutely no Istanbul turkey is such a rich uh, uh, yeah. you know heritage there um i loved going to the blue yeah. mosque and to the tapaki palace well, that uh, that could be things. where we where we visit on our project that we do ah inshallah inshallah yeah. we'll go around the world bro yeah we'll inshallah, go all around the world there you heard it first yeah. uh here folks it's an exclusive <laughs> yeah <laughs> so let's uh play a, a clip a, a trailer from uh your latest film um yeah. One night in Al Aqsa. Uh, should I just go and play, or you can you wanna you wanna mention a few words about I, this? I, I just want to say that you know, look, um, when we did one day in the Haram, it opened many many doors. Mm. Alhamdulillah, not just uh, Islamic doors, but mainstream doors as well. You know, a lot of the mainstream mm. came and said, "Hey man, you've made one of the most beautiful films. You know, mm. uh, what, what do you want to do next? We want to work with you and that." And out of all the projects that landed on my desk, we picked Al Aqsa because literally Al Aqsa was something where I saw there wasn't a more important film that I could make mm. at the time. It was just the most... It wasn't the the best film. It definitely wasn't the most kind of lucrative or most commercially viable film, but yeah. it was the film that Islam needed. I felt there was a massive need for this film because there were so mm. many misconceptions about al uh, There was so much uh, propaganda and, and, and lack of knowledge about al And also, most importantly, because, you know, al felt like, to me, like it was under some kind of threat. It felt like, yeah. you know, it felt under like al yeah, might not be around. Every, and, mm. and, you know, I kind of felt to myself, well, well, Allah didn't give me one day in the haram just to go and make make commercial yeah. lucrative projects now Allah gave me one day in the haram to open a doorway for me to make other projects so I just felt um, one one well, I, I mean and it's sad for me as well kind of sad in a way mm. because um you know I'm I'm basically at the start of my career in a way yeah. and and yet I feel already I don't think I'll ever make a, another <laughs> film as important as yeah. one one night in a so I think it's the most important film I've ever made let's have yeah. a look at the yeah, trailer Now, before we go on, let's clear something up right away. This is not Masjid Al-Aqsa. This is the Dome of the Rock. This yeah. yeah, you know, in the cinemas, because obviously we did 22 cinemas across yeah. the UK, and we take exit interviews at every yeah. cinema. This scene was repeatedly was everyone's favourite scene, wow. because people said, wow, I never knew that. I never, yeah. I always thought it was... The, the mosque with the grey yeah, dome, or I always yeah. thought it was dope. This was the kind of misconception. Part of the propaganda, that, of the well propaganda that is out, yeah, and, and, and disturbing people's yeah. knowledge. So we thought, let's clarify this for once. Yeah. And that's why people really so appreciate it. the whole it. compound. It's the whole yeah. compound. And that was knowledge for me as well. Yeah. When I first went to Jerusalem, I found that out. They told me that, and I was like, wow, I didn't know this. There must be millions of other Muslims out there who don't know this. We can transfer this knowledge. So that's why this scene, to me, is one of my favorite scenes, because literally so much audience reacted to this scene. 
Yes, this is, I think, one of the, the original trailers that we Jerusalem, watched for the film. An ancient spiritual city. I, mean, I really I like the soundtrack as well. Yeah, the soundtrack. Is that Abdullah Rol? It is Abdullah Rol. Yeah, I yeah. recognise the voice. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful brother and a, a beautiful yeah. voice yeah, uh, you know, for this Allah kind Allah. of thing. Yeah. It was just unbelievable. This is the Marzen. Yeah, yeah that's the Marzen. Work here. We invite you to experience the night of power. You know, um, it's so it's so strange looking back at these footage, ha- you know, reminding me of how we felt when we was filming these things, yeah. especially the shots on the night of power. I think that was the most, you know, I've been everywhere around the world. You were the 27th night of Ramadan. 27th night yeah. of Ramadan in Masjid Al-Aqsa. I don't think I've ever felt a more spiritual feeling or a more collective feeling amongst Muslims than on that night. And to be able to capture it is just, you know, that's beyond. But, um, you know, just to be there. It yeah, was amazing to be subhanAllah. It was so amazing. The spirituality of this place is 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 just steeped in the whole place yeah. everywhere. You know? Um in Makkah it was different. You know when I went to Makkah, mm. it was like you're in this spiritual bubble. It's like I arrived in Makkah and I felt like I'd come home. Mm. I felt like I always was meant to be here. I, I never wanted to leave that place. I felt so comfortable yeah. in that place. With Alexa, obviously it's different. It's under occupation. The, mm. the, the, the countries, the, the city, the, the mosque itself, they're under occupation. So it was a different vibe there. And I think that comes across in the mm. film as well. You know, as I say, that's why I think it's a much yeah. more important film than, than say other projects that were on the cards at that time because, you know, Alexa might not be around forever. Face it. Yeah. You know what I mean? SubhanAllah, the, the, one of the reasons why the, uh, the Aqsa can be under siege and uh, under occupation is because many muslims don't have that same attachment to it as they do the the kaaba yeah and you know the, the iconic green dome of the prophet sallallahu yeah. mosque absolutely you know when we from when we are kids we see it on prayer mats yeah. and you know madrasa booklets and, and people's it, yeah. pictures on the walls yeah. and uh, you know uh, uh, we really feel strongly at some point see as well to relink that connection to aqsa as absolutely, well absolutely uh, in young people and the younger generation i so mean you know people need to realize that al-aqsa is up there in the same category yeah. as Masjid al-Haram and, and, yeah. and the Prophet's Mosque. It was the Mugam first Masjid. Medina. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's the uh, only first Masjid. Qibla, uh, first Qibla. For the first Muslim, Qibla, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got so much historical yeah. significance in Islam. And, and, you know, I feel like, yeah, as you say, over the years, the, 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 the love in people's hearts yeah. for Alexa has, has dwindled. It's dropped down. People yeah. don't realise how important this place is and how much it's our duty to protect this place, you know, yeah. to protect it as the protectors oh, yeah. of Alexa. You know, yeah. you know, when I spoke to the Waqf Department, who, who gave the ultimate authorities to, to film in, in Alexa, yeah. you know, I speak to the Waqf Department. It's, it's administered by the Jordanians, right? The Jordanian yeah. Waqf. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was speaking to the president of the Waqf and, uh, you know, I, I asked him a whole bunch of stuff in yeah. our first meeting. And I was like, okay, we need this and we need this and we need permissions for this and we need to get into this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of it, all I said to him, and also, I mean, what do you guys want? You know, because I'm making this film for yeah. you. I want it to be a, a benefit to you. So, so tell me what I can do to put in this film for mm. you. And he said, we don't want anything. He says, you know what? It's quite funny. He's got a lovely. He says, you guys go on a lot of marches and protests yeah. and demonstrate. He goes, they don't do anything for us. On the ground here in <laughs> Jerusalem, they don't affect us at all. Yeah. Sometimes we don't even know they're going on. That's like for you guys and with your, yeah. your governments in your countries. He yeah. goes, for us, all we want people to do is come here to visit us. Yeah, to pray in Al-Aqsa, to stand in solidarity mm. with us in Al-Aqsa and to show the world that Al-Aqsa is important to us. Yeah. So that was one of the main themes throughout the film and that's the, the, the message of the film. And I think, you know, it's, it's mashallah, it's been very successful because so many people mm-hmm. after the screenings have come and said, hey, after watching your mm. film, I've made intention to go to Al-Aqsa. Yeah. And I think that's a tremendous uh, parameter mm. of success for the film. Yes, yeah, I mean, it, it, 
I mean, this you probably had this already, but it's, it goes to show the importance of your intention when you're yeah. when you're filming it, when you're Absolutely. pulling those hard hours in, Absolutely. long hours in, then you're thinking ahead to, you know, if somebody in 10 years' time goes and watches this film, then rekindles their connection. Even to more than that. I'll be rewarded for that, yeah, inshallah. And even more than that, you know, for me, literally, as I say, when I made that decision of what, film to make next mm. all doors were open all options were open people were coming to me and saying hey we've got an option in the vatican do you want to come and make <laughs> one day in the vatican yeah there was medina was on the yeah. card we had the prince of medina saying to yeah. us come make a film exactly like one day in the Haram in medina we had all these these very cool options mm. yeah but we no, chose no, east london uh, well we done east london mosque <laughs> as part of model mosque 12 years ago so yeah, i didn't okay. want to revisit it yeah um but, but i think not, they had an extension worthy, since yeah. then <laughs> well not that it's not worthy but yeah but you know uh, covering old ground and that but but, you know, um, we basically chose Alexa because when I saw of it and you're talking about future legacy yeah. and everything, and I thought to myself, hey, by the time, say, my children, our, yeah. our generation of children grow up and become 20, 30, 50, mm-hmm. in 50 to 100 years time, there may not be any Alexa. So they so said, said you, you know, what better way to spend my mm-hmm. time than to make a film on Alexa that will be there as a historical yeah. record forever, you know, because now film is forever. Whatever you're making mm-hmm. is going to be there, you know, uh, for all of history. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to just make something and put it there as a mm-hmm. parameter. So if anything does happen to Alexa, there is uh, something, a record there yeah. of what it was actually mm-hmm. to the Muslims, you know, and I thought that was very important in it's terms quite of the powerful. What they said though That the marches They don't really directly help them But what does help them Is people coming Going there Showing physical solidarity Because Palestinians there Who born and raised Just a few hundred yards away They're not allowed to enter Exactly But you and I We have for you know, even if it's a, well, we have unjust, a British passport, even if even though it's an unjust privilege, we have that privilege yes. that and we, we can wave it, it around. Yeah, we yeah. can um, go to these places. We filmed scenes of Palestinians queuing to go to Al-Aqsa on the night of uh, on the day of mm. the night of power. Okay, on that Friday, we we filmed and 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 it was akin to. I mean, they were the most uh, traumatic scenes probably I've ever filmed Fun. in my life. Uh, it was traumatic to see those things, and and to be honest with you, we cut the whole scene from the film. We wow. cut the whole scene from the film. And people say, well, why did you cut the whole scene from the film? You're really showing the Palestinians what they go through. Mm. And so I said, yeah. I said, the objective of our film is to encourage people to go to Al-Aqsa. I said, I don't feel like I have to show the suffering of the Palestinians because there's a certain segment of society, people are mm. afraid. Yeah. People are afraid to go to Al-Aqsa. They're I was going to mention yeah. that as well, yeah. And I, want to, I want to crush fear. that fear. Yeah. Yeah, I want to crush that fear. I don't want to make something that is going to accelerate that fear or mm. show, hey, actually, we're right. It is dangerous out there. Look yeah. how they're treated. No, it's no, dangerous no. for the people who, are, who, are there. who belong yeah. there. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But for you and I, we can easily just I'll go be to a travel you, agent. I always say, people package. ask me this question. They say, they come up after, they won't ask it in the yeah. Q&As. They'll come <laughs> afterwards yeah, and ask like, uh, quietly in my ear. Yeah. They'll say, but is it dangerous for us yeah. to go there? And I'll say like, subhanAllah, like sister or brother, I'll say, <laughs> it's not dangerous for you to go there at all. Yeah. It's easy for you to go there. And I said, yeah. plus... They're more afraid of you than yeah. you are of them. They're worried of, of, of uh, uh, you know, insulting you in some way or creating some kind of bad publicity to someone who is a British citizen. Use that mm-hmm. advantage. Go to Al-Aqsa. Stand in solidarity. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah, more worried about, yeah. about uh, uh, offending you than mm-hmm. you should be of them. They have a, a process they have to go through. You know, so I think... Um, so did you, know, you get any trouble with the, the occupying occupation forces? 
We didn't get any trouble, alhamdulillah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the thing was with us, most had of big our cameras. Well, <laughs> no, they, they were there were issues. I mean, there were, it wasn't like there was no issues, but yeah. um, you know, the thing was we had two very huge advantages. The first yeah. was that the the our, our, our access was granted by the work, yeah. so everything within Alexa within the compound is autonomous. The work are autonomously okay. in control of that, so they could grant yeah. that. So the Israelis didn't have anything. Yes, going through the old city with our yeah. ca our cameras, everything like that, that was more troublesome. We we got stopped sometimes. Getting into the Security, uh, no getting into the country is no problem as well. Because okay. okay, so the work was one advantage we mm. had that, and that was a, a, a massive advantage because they made everything easy for us. Mm. The other advantage we had was that we had a gentleman called Andre Singer who who basically wanted to work with me after mm. one day in the Haram. So he was one of many people who'd approached me at that time and said, "Hey, we really like your work. We want to work with you." Mm. Okay, I looked at this guy and I didn't know, but I didn't know who he was. Uh, one of his producers rung me up, but he ran a very very large mm. production company. So I googled the guy, Andre Singer. I didn't know who he was, and then I found out he's an Oscar-nominated, Emmy award-winning producer, multiple wow. Emmy award-winning producer. So I thought, okay, this guy is very senior. And then I found out, okay, he's Jewish. So I was like, okay, this guy is Jewish and I'm going to go there and say to him, I'm making a film on Alexa. How's that going to go down? Yeah. But Qadr of Allah, again, like I say, what I was just saying to you, Allah puts people together who are meant to be together. I sat in the meeting with him. I told him about Alexa and I was waiting for the reaction to say, oh no, I don't think this is going to be right for us. This project's not going to be right for us. Mm. Do you know what he did? He turned around. He said, oh, that's very interesting. He's a very old guy, <laughs> 75, very softly spoken. He says, I made a film in Alexa 15 years ago. Wow. And I was like, subhanAllah. You're a Jewish guy and you made a film in Alexa 15 mm. years ago. He goes, yeah. And he reaches back. He, he's like, here, here's a copy of it. I want you to watch it. So <laughs> I was like, wow, what's going on here? So I took this film home. I It was called Stairway to Heaven. It was a one-hour film documentary. I went home. I watched it. I absolutely loved it. Um, and it was a film, an hour long, just about the member of Alexa. Just wow, about yeah. the member. It was in such from detail. Time. Yeah, from Salah yeah. the original member. Yeah. It was in such detail. It was amazing. Um, you know, and when I made my film, obviously mm. I, I, I did a little section. My, my section on the member was four minutes yeah. out of my total film. But he made a whole film just on the member. So the next oh, day yeah. I called him back and I said, you know what, Andre, I, I love that film that you made. And and for, for me, to even to, to see a Jewish executive producer making a film like that that was such a positive yeah. film about islam and muslim being jewish and in jerusalem i was like allah has put me and you together for a reason so i said i would love you to be the executive producer on alexa to which he accepted mm. now that was such a blessing because number one it, it was kind of like a, a, a an interfaith because this was a guy a jewish guy who was very geared on towards what was yeah. important to Muslims. But secondly, because he was tremendously respected as well in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. He had tremendous access, he had contacts, and you know, this opened the way for a lot of things. Especially there's scenes in the one night in Al-Aqsa yeah. set in the in the Wailing Wall, which is the most holiest place for, for Jews, and scenes set in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is the most holy place for yeah. Christians. And you know, I felt it was very important to show Muslims these these places so they could understand, you know, why uh, you know the the relationship of these places with Al-Aqsa and with Islam. So, you know, this was very important to me. And, and Andre yeah. Singer, because we had those contacts, was what made it very easy for us. And that's why we didn't get much trouble from the Israeli side. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses so many ways absolutely. to yeah, absolutely. open do doors for people yeah. if you have yeah. a sincere intention, inshallah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So um, in terms of, you, you, you alluded to the, the, the being Islamic and then there being a mainstream. So in yeah. terms of the mainstream, what you would call the mainstream, who are your some of your um, you know inspirations in terms of what, what kind of... Um, uh, film did you used to watch and, and inspires you to I mean I, I, I watch a lot of things I, mm. I, I'm just a, a, a you know a student of film so so I watch anything and everything and you know mm -hmm. um, from an early age I started watching you know the 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 
a wide variety of cinema, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the thing is, I, I kind of got through US and UK cinema very early. So by the time yeah. I was 16, 17, I was onto French cinema and I was watching <laughs> French cinema and say, OK, well, how do these yeah. guys do things? And then I got into Japanese cinema. So I was watching every oh, all okay. the classics from Japan, which was an amazing film, Iranian cinema, you know, so yeah. I got into different, different world cinemas. I, I, I picked up a lot of viewpoints. I picked up a lot of different styles, so, uh, you know, mm. and, and stuff that I picked up, I found it very easy to adapt and put it into my own work mm. as well, which which people sometimes have a have a difficulty doing that. But for me, these mm. things came very easy. You know, my mm. first love was always the camera and it was literally visual storytelling. Mm. So it was like literally with one day in the hut on one night, if I, if I turn the volume down on these films, I would like to think the audience can still enjoy this film yeah. just visually, just mm. from the visual story that is being told. You know, that's mm. my style. That's very important to me. So Many people don't yeah. realise what goes into making a, no. telling a story just just visually yeah, yeah, yeah. can you give some uh, some kind of pointers some some tips so uh, some angles you know what, what 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 kind of stuff do you look to do so i mean i mean i've seen uh, i've read some kind of books about um, you know cinematography mm. and, and 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 how to tell a story without without mm -hmm. dialogue and that kind of stuff and they they talk about very subtle things like the the, the lighting the yeah. coloring yeah. the movement of the characters what direction are they going in yeah. and that kind of stuff you know what what kind of stuff do you you know, I mean, implement for, for in, in me, like like my process, I kind of developed over many years, and it was just what came naturally to me. The mm. shots I liked, uh, you know, if you go back to Model Mask, you'll see these kind of roving, moving shots, and you'll see these yeah. time lapses on, uh, the, say, the the minaret of the mosque. They're exactly the same shots that I used in One Day mm. in the Haram because they're they're shots that yeah. that I respond to, that that I like. You know, yeah. symmetrical shots. I like things to be very symmetrical. I like characters to be moving. I don't like mm. things to be on a tripod. I, I like things to be moving all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, these kind of things were like and time lapses. Time lapse has always yeah. been a great love of mine. I've been shooting time lapses for the last fifteen years. You know, <laughs> so to go to Mecca and 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 to find those time yeah. lapses, then to shoot those time lapses, and then to work in post production to make them as perfect as they can be. Yeah. You know, this is all part of a beautiful process for mm. me like I, I i love that process um but i think you know that you, in mecca and and with any documentary i think you have to be adaptable you can have your plan yeah. you can have your plan i mean yeah. we plan things down to a t and mecca yeah. we planned it not just to the hour but to the minute of what mm. would happen every day and you know because i knew time was limited yeah. and the place was massive um so you know to to, to make it all sure that we stuck on schedule to everything yeah. but you know on documentary shoots on on shoots that are just uh you know you're, you're filming live action you're filming real life so uh, things can change at any moment and you you're know. reacting to yeah, what's and happening you're basically adapting yeah. and reacting to what's so if people are asking me well what's your style well my style mm. is just to be adaptable yeah. my style is to be <laughs> adaptable to whatever happens in front mm. of me and to react to it very very quickly and make the best of mm. it i can so and it's not always a disadvantage sometimes it's an advantage because you know uh, for example when we were there once uh, i think in Mecca, a cleaning scene took place now yeah. we planned the cleaning scene yeah. but what we didn't know and what they hadn't told us that a hundred cleaners would come wow a hundred cleaners would come to be part of this scene so i turn around mm. and there's a hundred cleaners sitting there <laughs> and everyone's looking at me and going well what do you want them to do like i didn't have a plan clean for it. so 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 you know uh, yeah i mean we just didn't have a plan yeah. for it it was unexpected so so the thing was just to react to say okay now we've got this massive group of cleaners let's put them to work let's so have them going inspirational the way they they move oh, like clockwork yeah. i mean yeah they were oh, absolutely like military I mean, just position, watching you know? uh what's what everything about the documentary really uh, or film i don't know what you you would call it 
documentary yeah. film. Yeah, feature length documentary. Feature length documentary. It really wanted me to go. Wanted. Uh, it made me want to go and uh, to Umrah again. Alhamdulillah. I've been to Umrah once, Hajj once. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. But um, I really felt like going again, yeah, and maybe effect, you'll get yeah, some of the reward yeah, for that. Inshallah, if I do end up going soon. Inshallah. Well, you talk about the rewards. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm 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 not I'm not worthy of mm. the rewards um, because the rewards, the way yeah. I see it, one day in the Haram is basically one of the da- yeah. the greatest dawah tools that we have yeah. in our time right now is one day in the Haram, mm. a film that has reached 35 million people in multiple countries across the world oh. it's it's impossible to achieve that through a mm. normal means of dawah yeah. um so so for me i think you know the rewards like i say i i don't ever feel like i'm worthy of the rewards i don't mm. ever really felt that i was worthy to yeah. make one day in the haram i don't i used to you know i spent the last two years asking myself why did allah subhanahu give this honor to me yeah. it's well, a responsibility you know, as well it's, so it's, it's a it's, it's a, a, it's a scary burden. responsibility yeah. people ask me one of the main questions i used to get well how, how does it feel yeah. how does it feel to be in the haram to be shooting all that uh, you must have been overjoyed. Yeah, and I was like, no, man. The the, the main emotion I felt during yeah. the shoot of One Day in the Haram was fear. Yeah. I, I was scared. You know what? If yeah. I got something wrong, you know what? What if I filmed something incorrectly or said something yeah. in the in the script incorrectly that was wrong? You know, millions of people are going to mm. watch this. It's going to be multiplied so many times. I'm in the Haram. You yeah. know, so so yeah, we, we we're not enjoying that yeah. process in oh, terms no. of you know the 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 the, the fear of what yeah. we was actually doing. I knew it was big, uh, but obviously we didn't know how big it was. You mentioned be, you, know? you mentioned the first the scene about this is not Aksa. This so mm. that was one of your favorite scenes. Yeah, yeah. What was your favorite scene in the one day in the Haram? I think with Haram Subhanallah, I mean, there were just so many favorite mm. scenes. There were so many beautiful moments. There, there were miraculous moments during that shoot. You know mm. what I would term as miracles. You know, um, you know, even I just described to you the air pl- uh, being on the on the helicopter yeah, and, and yeah, you know yeah. the fear. I, I literally my heart was beating like this, <laughs> like this. I was like, my God, why haven't they got a harness? How could how can they expect me to to to, to sit with my feet dangling yeah. off this helicopter like in the old Vietnam movies? Uh, how can they expect this in, in, in 2018? Ma- yeah? Mafia harness. So I was like, no, yeah, mafia harness. My, no, no, take a seat, brother. It's fine. I was like, but you know, like I say, that was a miracle because yeah. when I sat everything was so calm it was like i i was so calm i was enjoying it i was relaxed i was getting the perfect shot you know i was making the i wasn't worried about viewers and a bit of you was thinking if i do fall out i might be a shaheed (laughs) exactly and and, 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 and subhanallah that thought went exactly through my head as well i thought well what what better way to die than than you know above flying above but you know there were so many favorites i'll tell you one of my favorite scenes yeah go ahead it was uh, it just something that made me burst out laughing mm. when I uh, the 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 brother he's going to the um, the the people that 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 kind of squadron armed with Zamzam tanks that uh-huh. are there to give water all these kind of cool yeah. gadgets to give water to the yeah. the pilgrims and I just thought they look like. Ghostbusters oh or something. Oh my god, I thought exactly the same. <laughs> I just think you're a film guy. Because yeah, I made that visual reference yeah. as well. I thought, wow, it really looks I, like yeah, Ghostbusters. I thought there was something that was intentional. Yeah. I think. No, this is I'm too funny. Yeah, that was good really too. funny. Yeah. <laughs> what was also funny about that scene, if you remember that scene, was a, a group of Saudi guys lined yeah. up wearing those jackets. Yeah. But those Saudi guys never actually do the distribution. <laughs> it's always the Asians, the Indians, yeah, yeah, the Pakistanis, the, the you know from these different yeah. areas. They're always the ones toiling in the sun. Yeah. But those Saudi guys uh-huh. heard that a camera was coming. Yeah. It's going to be a big film, and they said, "Hey, you know what? We'll wear the jacket." And I said, <laughs> "And I said, no, no, I don't want you to wear the jacket. I want yeah. these guys, the guys who are actually doing the job, yeah. to wear the jacket." And they insisted, so I oh, stopped okay. the shoot. I said, "Stop the shoot. Wow. Stop everything." I got on the phone to my Riyasa guy. I said, "Man, who is yeah. the head of their department? I want to speak to him. I'm not having this. You know, I'm not." 
simply we're not having it. Yeah. And he was like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get through to the boss. I get went through several <laughs> department heads saying this is not happening, and I went to the final department head who was who was away, who was yeah. on holiday, who wasn't in oh, the huddle. So oh, we can't get authorization from yeah. him. So these guys wouldn't budge. So I filmed the scene with them anyway. But then yeah. I made sure, yeah, that then they dropped the jackets that the real yeah, guys, yeah. The, the legitimate guys, <laughs> put the jackets on. But this is one of the saying that this was one yeah. of the small political things yeah. you have to do. You know. I got an award. I got five awards last year, wow. mashallah, mashallah. For, for One Day in the Haram, yeah. Five awards mm-hmm. around the world, yeah. We went to get this award in Australia. The geezer goes, this is for the production of One Day in the Haram. I said, brother, you shouldn't be giving me an award for the production of One Day in the Haram because that was the easy part. You should be giving me an award for the diplomacy I showed <laughs> during the shooting of One Day in the Haram because that was what took yeah. real skill. Yeah, that was what took real skill. Yeah. So what, what I mean, you've talked about Dawa and the, the incredible impact yeah. it can potentially have, you know, this yeah, type of creative medium. Um, what what advice or what uh, words would you give to parents whose um, children are thinking of taking a, up a career or are interested in, in going into the arts, into something creative, and their parents are feeling apprehensive, they're feeling a bit worried about this? What What advice would you give to them? Yeah, I mean, that's a very, very difficult question. Mm. You know, the easy thing for me to be say, hey, man, encourage everyone to be creative, encourage everyone to go out. Look, um, this industry is a very difficult industry. I'm not going to lie mm. to anyone. It's very difficult to break through. People think I just came and arrived all of a sudden with one mm. day in the home. No, I, I told you before, I've been grinding out here for 12 years. You know, mm. I've been developing my skills, developing, and I'm someone with a, you know, like I said, when, when I decide I want to do something, that's me, I'm I'm going to do it. I'm mm. going to, you know, so long as Subhanallah is with me, I mm. feel like I can do it anything you know mm-hmm. people have got to have that kind of thick skin and that kind of mentality i'd say to parents check your child check your child mm-hmm. what is is he sitting there is he a dreamer is he the kind of one who's saying oh i'd like to do it but thinks everything's going to fall in o- on a plate for him because it's not yeah. then you need to pull him away and make him do that it course and this is just being real i mean mm-hmm. i would love to sit here and say hey man encourage everyone yeah. you know because i think creativity is the most beautiful thing i mean i thrive off this I, I made yeah, yeah but it's hard work it's tenacity mm-hmm. it's it's having a creative vision it's being inclined towards the the tools of the trade you know it's all of these things it's multiple things if you want to come in i don't want to encourage parents uh, to, to put their children in unless they believe and also mm. most importantly it's desire it's will it's the will do you mm. actually want to do something because if yeah. you do to be honest your parents are not going to hold you back they're not going to have the power to hold you back you know if when I was young and I was growing up and I wanted to make films no one was going to stop me from making yeah. it. it wouldn't have mattered if my parents said to me no 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 you know whereas obviously for me it was lucky they were supportive and that makes it yeah. so much easier um, but I would you say you do it anyway you do it in your spare time exactly. you do it yeah, after yeah. school do, or do, whatever, do yeah. it in your spare time and yeah. also people can hedge their bets I think this is a very mm. important point look I did a business IT degree but I filmed yeah. all the way through university I filmed all th- I, I filmed some of the lectures I filmed like the group project yeah. that's what they bought the, the, the footage they bought off yeah, me was, yeah. was what I had filmed there. I so, did something similar. Yeah, so there you go. People who are inclined towards it, <laughs> yeah. it will come out of them anyway. So don't yeah. worry about it. I'd say yeah. relax a little. Give them space to breathe. Don't discourage them, but just say yeah. to them, look, as long as you've got a safety harness, then go yeah. through. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. You they know? need to realise that they're, 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 it's hard work. They oh, yeah. just see the end product. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, I'd like to do that. Yeah. But they don't realise it's absolutely. hours and hours and hours and hours and hours yeah. of work that goes into uh, Yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. And, mm. you know, not, not ev- I mean, I know so many producers, not everyone gets a break. Like the first show I made, Model Moss, Alhamdulillah, Blessings mm. of Allah was a tremendous success. That, that opened doors for me, made mm. it easy for me, right? Because I had that success behind me. But if you're just mm. starting out, and you don't have a model moss for example you don't have a one day in the home but yeah. you need something to advertise yourself and grow you know mm. so this is a very difficult industry you know and, and it's harder for us because what we're involved in the the the, the organization and my organization mm. red red face films we are not just a production company or a creative agency we are an islamic 
production yeah. cut, which is completely different. I was talking to the mainstream. A lot of guys from the mainstream come to me now and they say things like, oh, why don't you put One Day in the Home? It's so beautiful. Why don't you put it on BBC or Channel 4 and things like this, you know? I try to explain to them. I say, look, when you're a, when you're a creative in the mainstream industries, sky is the limit for you. There is no barriers to you your creativity. Yeah, the, literally the sky is the limit. You do whatever you want. You can you can have you can have nudity sky, in sky there. movie sky one. No, no. Uh, okay, that's good. But no, what I'm saying, uh, you know, you could have a, you could have a, a, you know violence on there. Yeah, you could yeah. have swearing on there. You could have nudity on there. Anything that sells, you can do it. You know, because sky is the limit on yeah. your creativity. When you're an Islamic producer, you've got a a guideline. You've yeah. got a, a, a halal system within which you have to operate. And, and it's those it's those restrictions that actually spurs on creativity. Exactly. I, I, I in my opinion yeah. as well, I agree with you. Yeah. I think those restrictions make us more yeah. creative as Islamic producers. You know, growing up as a kid, I thought being a director was the most coolest yeah. thing in the world. I don't believe there is a cooler job than mm. being a director. Look at what we do. We fly around the world, <laughs> go to different locations. We film stuff, make it beautiful, put it on cinemas around yeah. the world. You know, it's an amazing lifestyle. Mashallah, alhamdulillah. Yeah, but what is more cool than being a producer is being an Islamic producer. Yeah. That's the most cool thing because then not only have you got those, but you're also spreading goodness in the world. You're um, spreading dawah in the world. You're spreading interfaith yeah. relations in the world. You're explaining Islam to people who don't understand it in the world. Yeah. You know, you're spreading like, you know, one day in the Haram, our, our, our current plan for one day in the Haram, what we've been working yeah. on for the last six months is to take it to refugees. Because, you know, I used to ask wow. myself every single day, why did Allah give me one day in the Haram? And I'm always mm. trying to, oh, what's the maqsad of this? What's the matlab, the meaning of it? Well, mm. why, why did this happen? And why I came back to was that Allah must have done it, obviously, to spread it, to, to show people, non-Muslims, uh, to show them dawah. But also for Muslims who could never reach the Haram. Mm. Because if you look at the, you know, a big part of our focus now has been the Rohingya in the refugee camps on the, on the border oh, of Bangladesh. Mm. And, and, you know, we've gained a lot of traction, a lot of political support to put up big screens, 100-foot screens mm. in those refugee camps and just show them one day in the Haram. Because we feel, look, these people, literally they've got no chance to go to the Haram. They haven't got no chance to go to the cinema, mm. let alone go to the Haram, okay? So for them, it's like such a, it will be such an iman booster to see something like yeah. this. So I really feel that at the moment, that is why I feel that is the purpose of the films to reach those people who can never get there, Fun, you know, and, yeah. and, and bridge that, that, that distance for them, you know, to, to make the intention, yeah. um, you know, in their hearts to, to, to go there and inshallah improve their condition and get them there. Yeah, yeah. But I really feel like, especially for kids, there's kids in those camps who don't even yeah. know what a film is. They've never seen a film or moving image. Mm. They've never seen it. Imagine how and it wondrous their, it would be them for them, just you know, to deal with and a bit and the mental health, the exactly you know, well being, escape, you know, exactly well being, yeah. imam boost. Because you know, it's it's wonderful the work mm. of our friends in the charities they do. It's mm. very important work. They feed them, they clothe them. They, but who looks after their mental health? Who who mm. looks after their iman? Who gives them hope? Who gives them yeah. hope? The food that That's they're eating, the, the the thing, it doesn't give them hope. You know, mm. they're they're hopeless. You know, but I feel like a, a film like One Day in the Haram mm. would inspire hope in these people. So, you know, I, I think that's what they're calling and inshallah, that's what mm. we're working very hard towards now. So I'm I'm wary of the time. I don't want to keep uh, just uh, taking too much of your time. But um, I want to ask you what's next for yeah. you? What, I mean, what, are you? what is your vision short term and, and long term? I mean, um, short term now. We're, we're basically, obviously, Alexa has just been released. Um, uh, you how, know, can, how can people uh, watch that? And well, Alexa, what, we're, what our plan is, uh, we have like a strategy for, for, for release to get the film out to everyone who mm -hmm. needs to see it. So we've had the cinema screenings now uh, in the, we basically have four tiers. It's like the premiere that came first, mm -hmm. the Leicester Square premiere, then the cinema screenings. And now we're on the level where we're going to do community screenings. So we've got okay. an additional 45 screenings coming up in the UK. Okay. We're also now going to go and start doing the international round. So I'll have to travel for a while now, but we'll go and do um, mm -hmm. cinema tours in Australia. 
Canada, the US and South Africa, where we've sold the film in those territories already. We're ever increasing the amount of territories, the distribution deals. Mm. So, so there's a lot of work going on in distribution now with One Day in the Hulam, uh, sorry, One Night in Alexa immediately. And eventually yeah. once we've done all of that and we've done all the cinema screenings around the world, then we'll drop it on Amazon Prime or something like that so okay. everyone, 200 countries mm. in the world can get access to it. Um, but there's a lot of work going on with uh, One Night in Alexa. There's a lot of outreach work going on. So yeah. like I say, there's a lot of interfaith screenings going on. Mm. Um, there, there, there's massive, massive plans for One Night in Alexa. It's going to spread, inshallah, in a way, uh, you know, mm. uh, generically all over the world. Inshallah. And we'll push that. Yeah. We've obviously got more productions coming. Red Face Films, uh, you know, alhamdulillah, uh, thanks to the will of Allah and, and, and for putting us in this position, we've got three new films coming out in 2020. Oh, so funny. they've already been commissioned. They're funded. They're, they're basically going into production. So mm. we'll have three films coming out in, in 2020. And then in uh, in 21, we'll have the, the first uh, Red Face mm. Films uh, feature film coming out. SubhanAllah. Really? Yes, this is all happening. I mean, this, like I say, the, the, you know, I, I'm very good because I'm fortunate because I've got a tremendous team mm. around me. I've got a tremendous mm -hmm. group of people who are believing in this, you know, and I never thought it's going to be something like this. And I always say these people who are around me, they believe in me more than I believe in myself. Mm. So so these things, I, I'm just making the product and focusing yeah. on the creativity, on the films. And other people are taking care of the distribution now. They're taking care of the marketing now. They're taking care of the, you know, the, the, the pre-sales now. All, all this type of stuff is being That's taken sure. care of. I, I'm, I'm not doing much on it. I'm literally just keep uh, keep myself on the creative field just keep myself mm. shooting and keep doing projects that I'm very very interested in that I feel like I can do justice to because of my mm. unique experiences in life mm. so inshallah we will carry on and uh, yeah mm. inshallah I hope you guys will support no, us you. and uh, you'll come to the premiere next time because you actually didn't come and I was sick that day you know I think we're in a tremendous mm. moment I mean that's mm. the thing we're in a tremendous mm. moment films like One Day in the Harem they, they've opened a new uh, parameter in this industry new for genre. us I think, a new genre yeah. yeah, you know Andre Singer, as I said, he's an Emmy, yeah. Emmy, multiple mm. Emmy uh, award-winning and Oscar-nominated producer. He turns mm. around to me the other day. He goes, "The work you're doing is amazing, Abra." I said, what, "What? What do you mean?" He says, "You've basically created a new system of distribution for films that mm. no one has ever done in the world before. You're the only one doing it." And that was like amazing to me because this is this is a guy who is yeah. very very senior in this stuff, you know. Mm. So, alhamdulillah, we we mm. plan to just keep innovating. We plan to yeah. keep uh, reaching audiences in new ways and all over the world. Um, we want to build on on one day in the harem it's currently on 35 million mm. uh, viewers around the world but that's literally scratching the service we need to get to 100 million views per world mm. um you know we want to increase our team in the uk we, we need volunteers to work with us we need uh, uh professionals to work with us we need to increase everything there's mm. a lot of um there's a lot of options at the moment. There's a lot of decisions that need to be made in terms of the, mm. the, the future of the company and what we're going to do because so many doors have opened yeah. because of the success uh, kind of of the first few films. But, you know, we, 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 we pray to Allah subhanahu wa that he'll keep mm. uh, keep supporting us on our journey as and opening mm. doors for us as he has done now. And uh, who knows, uh, one day in the Vatican might well come <laughs> soon as well because I'm interested in doing yeah. something for the other side as well. Yeah. So 2021, you said first feature film. Inshallah. Inshallah. And then we're going to do our other thing after that? No, no, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. I can wait. Uh, no, yeah. no, it can, it can happen during. It yeah. can happen during. Okay. So I think that'll be a nice fun project for us. Yeah, inshallah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll hold you to that, inshallah. Jazakallah <laughs> khair, uh, brother. Alhamdulillah, jazakallah. Abrar Hussain, inshallah. It was a pleasure talking to you. Alhamdulillah. I've been your host, Salman Bhatt, and thank you for listening to this Islam Trinity podcast, Unscripted. If you enjoyed it, if you liked it, give it a like and a share. Maybe some a few comments. If you didn't, then be careful because we have very fragile egos. Um, you can find out more about Abrar's uh, work in the description below. We'll put all the links there, inshallah. And hopefully we'll see him soon, inshallah, when we, uh, maybe when you're doing the Vatican thing or 
Something strange in your neighborhood. Who you 